Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. Boo! It's Halloween. And we're so glad you could join us today as we are talking <laughs> about Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, the horror franchise video game that has finally made it to the big screen. And I am so happy to have with us tonight Catherine Erskine and Riley Lovering Spencer to talk to us about the film. Thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it. You really got me with that boo. Are you okay? I think I will be. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to talk about this film with you. Uh, Five Nights in Freddy's is a big deal and making a ton of money at the box office. And I think it'll be a great conversation. For those of you who are unaware, Five Nights at Freddy's tells the story of a troubled security guard who begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. While spending his first night on the job, he realizes the late shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through, as the animatronics come alive and have a mind of their own. A murderous mind. As always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers, um, but I have to know from you both, what did you think of your five nights at Freddy's? So I enjoyed it. Uh, I, th I think it was a good movie. Um, obviously... I haven't heard your guys's reactions to the movie itself yet, but I I think I, I I enjoyed it maybe a bit more than you guys. I've been excited for this movie for years and years and years, and wanted this movie to exist before I knew that it was going to exist. Um, like the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise and everything have been a part of my life since I was like in grade five, I think, when I first played the game, or maybe watched Markiplier play it. I don't know how I first got introduced to it, but so I went into this movie with a lot of expectations, um, a lot of which did not get met. However, I still had a lot of fun watching it, um, reliving sort of like, you know, the times when I was young and <laughs> first found Five Nights at Freddy's and all of that. Um, was it the best movie I've ever seen, like in my entire life? No. Uh, there were a lot of parts where it could have been a lot better. It was kind of, I was describing it as loose canon to Cat uh, after uh, we had gone and seen it together. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. So, and I was definitely going to watch it again. So. Now, you you were a fan. You are a fan of the franchise, as, as you've said here. Now, I know that you're saying that there are places it can be better and we can get more specific in that. And but did it meet your expectations like as you were there because you i know you've been excited about this for a long time you and i've talked about this and i what what is there like is there seven games in the series or there's more there's, uh they they keep getting added essentially so there there were the original games which were created by by the, the by the guy who made the first game the first five nights at freddy's and then what happened is people started to make um uh like fan based games um surrounding the universe and what the what the creator essentially did was if there was a fan made game did i freeze again i don't know um yeah. if there was a fan made game the creator would either go and play it himself or have someone else go and play it and if it fit within the canonical lore they would add it to the canon so it was bringing the community into it as well so now there's i have not updated myself on the lore in probably the last year and a half um but there's so much in there stories short stories uh animations games yeah there's there's a lot and you were picking up on the easter eggs i hear there's 51 easter eggs or something for the fans or something like that was that something you were you were catching uh, that's why I want to watch it again. I wasn't able to get all of them. I got the, the, the two cameos, the one by Matt Pat in the, um, in the, the diner, uh, which was really cool. Um, and then the one by, I am completely blanking on his name, but the taxi driver, uh, he was another YouTuber that was big within the fandom as well. Um, the other ones I've heard, like I would. I was personally heartbroken that Mark Plyer wasn't in it. I know he's filming his own movie right now, but still, come on, take a day. Um, <laughs> least you can do, you know? Um, no, but apparently he was on a poster somewhere. So that's why I want to rewatch it to be able to catch all of those. When you rewatch it, will you rewatch it back in the theaters? 
probably. And then also probably at my house. Nice. Well, that's only three nights at Freddy's. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Most people don't survive that many nights. (laughs) (laughs) What about what about you, Kat? This was your first night at Freddy's. It was. Um Ed Riley's right. I was way out of my element, but it was a nightmare just even getting to be able to see it. And we almost got murdered by at least a dozen fans thinking that we were cutting line. But um, so I was kind of going into it like, what am I seeing here? Like we had people yelling at us like, this is a fans movie. You shouldn't have press here. You should see it at another time. <laughs> we're like, what? what? Yeah. You're serious? Yes. And another little girl tried to like kill me because she thought I was cutting line and was like accusing me. And I'm like, just, just calm down. Like, I'm not here to steal your movie. But, you know, I learned, I grew to appreciate them, to be honest with you, because, and I'm so glad I had Riley next to me, which was probably ruining their experience too, because I'd be like, why did they just yell? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Half of my movie experience was just explaining the lore. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's why he needs to see it again. <laughs> that's the real reason he missed half the movie because he's explaining it to you. So, if you want to, as an older person who's never seen these these games, other than I remember back in the day, my students in my classroom would make me sit down and watch run-throughs of the game so that I would get scared by the jump scares. So the only thing I was really looking forward to going into it was the jump scares because they scare the heck out of you in the game. And so going in and having all of the, the, the hardcore like super fans get excited and see that really kind of made the movie better for me. Um, I found out as we were sitting there that Bloomhouse was one of the production companies. And I was like, okay, there's hope. Like, I love Bloomhouse and I love all the, th- the stuff that they put out. Um, again, not being a fan and just being, as Riley said earlier, a old person watching this movie. Um, the movie was fine. It was good. It was the animatronics, I got to say, were really well done. Like, it was really fun seeing these characters come to life. There was a part in the middle that I just did not understand. The the best friends and like building forts together. I'm like, I thought these were supposed to be murderers animals. And then I was like, okay, maybe they were building a false sense of security and like that kind of stuff. But Overall, for me, what made it was being in the theater with people who loved it, because anytime something came on the screen, they were screaming their heads off or like, you know, when there were the cameos, people would start screaming and I'd be like, what's going on? Why are we excited? But and there was a lot of laughter and you could really see how people have spent a great deal of their time. And I knew it from my students who played it, but just really loved. And this was a this is a really important movie to people. So for me, as a, do they still call them noobs? <laughs> I don't know, as someone who didn't know much about it, I, it's not something I'd watch again. Um, I found that there was a little bit of like waves of like what's happening here, specifically the middle part with the building of the forts and the like, everybody's in. I liked the idea of this older brother little sister combo and understanding like we were talking about briefly and maybe we'll come back to about grief and loss and almost the generational aspect of that um within this security guard losing a sibling to a kidnapping which is later revealed is really entwined in this and the younger sister who didn't know the sibling and had parents die but is now kind of like the product of both the parents and his grief because she's ignored and kind of like put to the side as he tries to reconcile his mind with this. So, I mean, that part of the story was fine, but honestly, will I see it again looking for Easter eggs? No, because I don't know what Easter eggs to look for. (laughs) But when I turned my brain into my Taylor Swift era's tour brain and thought, 
of all of the young people going to see the Taylor Swift movie and like me being excited to see it and everyone dressing up and like standing in line for hours and waiting for this movie to come out and singing along in the theater and just really reliving that I was like okay I see this and these these fans really are pretty pretty cool that they would want to get to have this opportunity to see it with us so I would say disappointment in the fact that the jump scares were there but they weren't they weren't it wasn't scary I later realized it was PG-13 and I was like okay which understandable where there's young people that have enjoyed this movie and you could take them with you could go with if you have a kid that's really into this movie like go with them and see how excited they are but for me it was just it was a good experience to see how a younger generation has connected to something that was what I kind of took away from it and it was fun maybe not for Riley with me in his in their ear every five seconds Riley's shaking his head no when you were talking about the it being PG-13 being acceptable so I need to hear yeah that's about I was hoping that it would be R it looked like that in the previews like and there were like two incidences with the bear face Mm -hmm. but yeah I was like this could have been I think if they were to I I understand like you said I understand why they wanted to keep it PG-13 um because yeah at the end of the day it's a video game so there's going to be kids who want to go and see it but the entire aspect of the video game is people getting killed like that's yeah. the entire aspect of the game right so I know I was actually very happy that we got the scene at all, but the spring lock scene at the end (laughs) could have been so much better. Yeah. The bite scene, which is of course a reference to the bite of 83. Um which I didn't understand either. What is the bite of 83? (laughs) Um this is one of the parts where they kind of broke canon a little bit. Um, but so how can I explain this very quickly? Uh, William Afton, he created it. He had two kids, Michael, and then the 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 youngest one. Uh, the youngest one, when they were at a birthday party, the kids um, tricked uh, him into going into the mouth of the one of the bears, and the animatronic suit cut him in half. Oh. So that was a reference to that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but that scene could have been so much better as well. Like a lot of these scenes could have been a lot better if they had done like a restrict if they had the restricted thing yeah. or what other people thought that they were going to do was do a similar thing to what um Megan did was where it was released mm-hmm. in PG-13 and then they had an a, a R-rated extended cut that they released after not in theaters interesting um which I think would have also been a perfectly fine thing to do but they said no uh mm-hmm. that they're going to keep it PG-13 so my personal thing is is that it shouldn't have been PG-13. Mm-hmm. It should have been at least like TV mature or R. Um, but I understand why they did it. That makes oh. a lot of sense because that's what I thought. Like this is about being scared to death and like being ripped apart, right? But even with that bite, it's like they made it cheaper because it was no, there was no the blood. Shadow. There was no, yeah, you just saw shadow. So that, that makes a lot of sense. They yeah. did it for three words, $80 million. That's what they yep. made this weekend. And in reference to the online thing, I think they're, they, I mean, they said they're not going to do it, but this I thought was very interesting. It's one of the rare cases of a major film being released online and in theaters mm. on the same day. So it was online on Peacock in the US the same day that it went that it it, which they did with the halloween movies but uh even nobody was predicting 80 million i think the the high end was 40 or going you gotta respect the fandom but the fandom could have stayed home to watch it that's what's interesting this was like a halloween party yeah for everybody yeah yeah and and it became that and yes it's pg-13 it's funny like i i mean i got i got no skin in the game you know, in terms of whether it's PG-13 or rated R. You don't? No. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, um, I I could see the difference. I could see there are moments where you're like, okay. But Jurassic Park is PG-13, and it makes a lot more money because of it. 
And this reminded me of Jurassic Park, um, but not as good. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? What? That was that I was really mad that was PG thirteen was Suicide Squad. The first one or the second one? I didn't see the second one because I was so disappointed by the first one. The second one is better and it's rated R. See? And that's the thing with Suicide Squad. I was like, why is this PG-13? Like, this has, this is DC. It's very, like, dark. There's, I mean, Harley Quinn and the Joker's relationship is horrifically toxic, but we had to water it down. So it kind of reminded me of this. I was worried when I saw that they were doing it PG-13 that they were going to do a very, very safe mm-hmm. PG-13. Um, but I was glad that at least you could see that they were kind of pushing it at, at certain places to the extent that they could while keeping the PG-13 rating. I was so happy that we got a spring lock scene and we got to see the spring lock malfunction. That was really sick. Um, I just think it could have been a lot, lot more. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, because if I'm remembering correctly, like when they did that, that was a really cool scene. Like as someone who's like, oh, now I'm understanding who this person is. It, I noticed that when they were doing it, I was kind of keeping a close watch. There wasn't blood. There wasn't that like spurts of blood or anything. It was just going, you saw it going in. And I think that's the PG-13 aspect because, oof. And they left it open for a a second one. I was going to ask you, but I never did, Riley. What do you think of, like, a Five Nights at Freddy's 2? Five Nights at Freddy's 2. Because they did leave it open. (laughs) Yeah. um, It it would be cool for them to do, like, a sequel. Uh, Like I mentioned a couple times, it was was loose canon. They they Mm. didn't stick exactly to... The canonical timeline as far as i am aware of the canonical timeline so if they my hesitation is that because they broke canon so much in this first movie that if they were to do a second one and make it an actual sequel like just continuing the story on they would be forced to continue breaking canon so much that it would almost be a completely different series oh i see which is what which is what ended up happening with the movie is for um uh Percy Jackson. The the first the first movie broke canon so much that by the second and third movie it was like you were watching a completely different story. Hmm. Like so that that's what I'm worried would would happen with that because like even major plot points and the fact that William Afton should have been dead. Like he should he should not have been alive throughout that entire movie. The daughter also should not have been alive throughout the entire movie. Um, Like, these kinds of things, like, as far as I am aware of the canonical timeline, when we are introduced in the first game to Five Nights at Freddy's, we have no idea who William Afton is. We have no idea who um, the the daughter is either. Um, They don't come up till the end, but they, as far as I'm aware, are dead. Like, when we are introduced to the, the, the Five Nights at Freddy's in the first game, they're already dead. Yeah, they shouldn't have been there to begin with. So now it's like, are they were they intending to maybe do a second one and have this one be the prequel in some weird messed up canonical timeline? I don't know. But this movie broke canon so much that if they were to do a second one, I would be worried about what they were even doing it on. You know, it's interesting because and this is going to sound this may sound strange that I'm, I'm comparing it to this, but um harry potter they changed things from the book but they stuck to the book for the most part from you know and and you know, or at least enough of it that it it still was that but it is like, I, I am not a fan of the franchise i just like cat walked in totally blind i was just wanted to see killer robots you know rip people apart that's what i thought this was going to be um but uh, there is a lot of lore in this. And I got the Matt Pat reference because my kids love Matt Pat. So I know, I knew, and I knew, and they always say to me, they're like, he's done like 17 videos of, of this thing. So I'm like, okay, I understand that. Um, but he there's, there's the, such a... He is the physical embodiment 
essentially of Five Nights at Freddy's lore. Oh wow! And people freaked out when he was on screen. It oh, was yeah. it was crazy. It was like there he is, and I was like, this is fascinating. I agree with everything you said, Cat, about the Eras tour. Anyway, that's another story. But there, there's an interesting line to walk here because these are these are not books, but there is lore, there is story, there are things that fans expect, and you can change a few things. But there's only so so long you can do that before the fans turn on you because they want to mm -hmm. see. Because if you know if you know a thing, and I I knew enough to know that, and I would lean over. I saw it with a friend of mine. And I would lean over. I'm like, is that from the games? Yeah, it is. You know, it'd be like, uh, I was just like, cat. Um, Riley, you're probably really glad that you didn't go with both of us because you'd be doing it on both sides. <laughs> but it'd be like, oh, water. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Okay. You know, like, or electricity, you know, stuff like that. Electricity, that's a, you know, like, you can know a franchise and know facts about it. Or you can know a franchise and tell a story from it. Like, you can tell somebody who cares about a franchise over and above uh somebody who just knows some things about it yeah and there were certain aspects i don't think any fnaf fan went into this expecting it to be hard canon um i wasn't i think if they were to do a movie entirely hard canon it would not be a very enjoyable movie to watch because the lore for fnaf like if you are talking in terms of canonical lore years I think it spans something like 30 years worth of time like it like mm -hmm. it, in terms of in game right so it would it's a slow burn lore um but there were things that they changed and i could tell that they changed it for the aspect of making it a movie which is mm -hmm. where i was kind of like okay right like the the springlock scene right when william afton in the games became springtrap that's not how his suit malfunctioned. It's not. Um, they referenced to how his suit malfunctioned, which is water, but he did not, his suit didn't malfunction by suddenly getting, like, gang attacked by, fr like, Freddy and the boys, right? Yeah. Like, that, that never happened. Okay, so they never turned on him in the games. No. There were, before we even saw this movie, and, uh, like, me and Kat obviously saw it before everyone else saw it, so this was, like, entirely just people, like, being, like, talking hypothetically, um, they were talking about how atrocious it would be if there was even a glimmer of a, like, come on, gang, let's go and defeat, mm -hmm. because that never happened. And they, the the fort building scene, no ugh. idea what was going on there. That makes zero sense to me. That was like I've completely blocked that part of the movie out. It doesn't exist to me because that it was just it was awful. I don't know what was going on. The aspect of all of the animatronics coming together to defeat William Afton, that did not happen. There is in the lore that the kids, the ghosts, want to hurt William for mm. what they did, what he did to them. But like I said, in the games, William, he's already dead, so <laughs> they can't really do anything. Like, he's already Springtrap by the time we're introduced to the aspect of William Afton in the, in the games. So that never happened and yeah. that was a huge part of the movie <laughs> yeah i believe if i'm remembering correctly and if there's any super fans listening feel free to correct me because like i said it's been a year and a half since i've watched any lore videos i'm pretty sure william afton's suit actually um uh malfunctioned like i said because of water but it was actually from like the tears of a child that he was like killing like the tears got onto the the mechanisms and snapped on him. That's why it should be rated R. That would have been great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That would have been an incredible scene to see. Um, but whatever. What you was I what? talking about? <laughs> uh, spring lock. Yeah. Spring trap. Spring trap. Well, it's a spring lock suit, but the no. aspect of William Afton's soul being a part of the suit is named Sp spring trap. Oh, so we're both geniuses. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. 
for two reasons. First of all, I have to speak to the fact that I think Kat is absolutely right because I felt like I was at, I felt like a teacher at a high school Halloween party in that everybody was fine that I was in the room, but I didn't really belong there. <laughs> and it was like, everybody was this this whole party was going on and then i came out and i ran into some teens that i that i knew and i was asking them how they felt about the movie and uh and it was really interesting you know like i was a i was handling my my thoughts on the film i was coming at it more as a film critic mm -hmm. and there were moments where i said something that i didn't like and i got this look of like what yeah. <laughs> And I went and I realized then I'm like, okay, they don't want, they just want either me not to talk because it's their night or just tell them it's great. Not because they don't want to hear it, but because they're just happy. Like this was their moment. They were so excited. And I can understand that. I can, I totally can understand that. Um, like when you cheated on me and went to the heiress tour movie without me. That's for another <laughs> podcast. You should come on that one actually. <laughs> Uh, well, you're coming to see the movie again with me and Murray, so. <laughs> I don't think I can bring myself to do that, but I can understand. You will. <laughs> the, the connection is there. Um, but but in all seriousness, and because and, there were things about this movie that I thought were great. There were actually things I thought were really well done. I, I liked the, the visions in the head sort of moments. I thought mm -hmm. they, they worked. Uh, I thought the animatronics were excellent and they were legit animatronics i thought this is good the one thing that bugged me and i was so grateful at the end when the guy takes the the head off and it's him underneath because you can see him in it and i saw him in it when he comes out in the suit and i'm like oh no could they not pay could the, is the see like the budget, cuts. <laughs> the budget cuts and then he took it off i'm like oh thank goodness <laughs> i was like that scene in the middle with, I mean, we've already talked about it. The tent or the fort. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening? Why is this happening? And I could tell Riley that them turning on him was not part of the lore. And I don't even know anything about the lore because it felt so wrong. It felt so wrong to the world they created. And yet not because they made them cuddly at the same time. And it's yeah. like, it was so interesting. Um, and, and I sat there and I was like, there are things about this movie I think were actually quite good. And I, I was like, this is, but it's not well written. They had to fit the whole thing, like Riley was saying. And like, I was thinking about it, like, you have to fit everything into one movie and you have to wrap it up in a movie setting. But like, yeah, that 14 was ridiculous. And I was like, oh, they're trying to trick the young girl into thinking they're safe so that they can steal her soul. But then again, it turned, they turned on the the other character and ended up killing him and not taking her. And it didn't even really seem like that big of a fight. The only thing that stuck out to me about that scene was looking back on it, I remember looking at um, the police officer. The woman? Who, yeah the woman and she had actually she was actually like very comfortable and cozied up with them like I think she even had like was holding the hand of one of the characters or laying on the shoulder of one of the characters and I was like she's closer to this than I I really feel bad saying this but I did not think she did a great job with the acting like she was very like right away you knew she was involved because she's like oh no you sure like it just it wasn't great but then it when she was in that scene I was like oh she's a lot closer to these bears than I thought and I didn't know that they were young children until they had the first he had the first dream and then I realized every one of them symbolized every one of the animatronics but I, I thought that yeah. I, I I thought that was actually liked I liked that like there was yeah, a story was there that I liked but you know what you know what really kicked me was a line at the end when the girl says i want to go back and see them and i mean it's not even like a problem like obviously they're setting up for a sequel that's fine um but what bothered me is that to me it just made them 
like I, I again not a fan of the franchise but I'm like I know Disney's Haunted Mansion which we're not talking about at the end they're all like someone's got to take care of the ghosts and I was more okay with it there because it was already sort of like a okay comedy and this one it was like you're supposed to be scared of these things yeah you're supposed to be terrified of them you're not supposed to want to go back for six nights at Freddy's like that's the thing that's the point right like you're supposed to if you survive five nights good for you is what I understand um, have either of you seen a movie called Willy's Wonderland? Sounds like it would have the R version you were talking about. It does. That movie is so Willy's funny. Wonderland. I, that movie was hysterical. It's so good and it knows it's bad. Like it is a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's why. No, no, he's not the problem. It's just bad. But he, his character is hilarious because he doesn't say a word the entire film. He's just like, it's the same thing. Security guard, pizza place. Oh, devil. I'm literally just reading it now. And it's the it's same like literally movie. the same thing. It's the same movie, but it was clearly made and rushed out. Like they heard this was, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting myself like you, but looking back on it, you can be like five nights and Freddy's is popular. They're making a movie. We got to get this thing out fast. Let's film it this weekend. Like it was yeah. that sort of thing. Oh, wow. And, and I have to say as pers as a person not invested in the franchise, I enjoyed it so much more because it was as silly and still violent. It had the violence. It had the, the, the mm. stuff that you would, that as an outsider, I would have expected in this. Well, and it's it, got a, uh, promising sequel update willie's wonderland yeah <laughs> sure but i mean it's clearly a ripoff of five nights and freddy's it really five nights at freddy's it absolutely is but there's something about it that's so wacky that i and again maybe it's my age and that i connect better with nicholas cage than i do with these characters that i don't know could be i just thought it was more fun yeah. i don't know riley might hate me for saying that but <laughs> No, I, that that movie was a ton of fun. Um, I do prefer FNAF just for the fact of the the history and the the love I have for that franchise. But Willie's was a hysterical movie. I watched that movie. I the, I think the fact that Nicolas Cage has absolutely zero speaking roles, speaking lines, the entirety of the movie is just absolutely his all he does is drink energy drinks and like grunt and it is so fun well, i need to see this you do um you do yeah um like that movie was so much fun and i can see how you and i know you mentioned this when you were saying that you had connected with the youth that you knew like you were going into this more as a film critic than a have an enjoyer right yeah. yeah um and i can see how you as looking at it from the from the lens of like a film critic type person would enjoy willie's wonderland more because as a standalone movie put them side by side willie's is going to win but put them side to side as keeping in mind the fact that willie's is a standalone and arguable ripoff as enjoyable as it was and FNAF being backed by like 13 years worth of lore and games and fandoms mm. eh, there's there's that aspect to it as well right I also I, just I, I to totally agree a, just another little thing because I know you had guys had brought up Vanessa uh the the security That's guard yeah um that was another aspect where they broke canon. Uh -huh. um, Vanessa is supposed to be uh, Michael's Michael Afton, um, younger sister. And as far as I'm aware, never <laughs> distinctly said it, but I'm pretty sure they broke canon again. And I'm pretty sure the main guy, Mike, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be Michael Afton, which would make no sense. Um, but I, that's kind of what they were pertaining to because Michael, in, like Michael Afton in the games, had a younger brother who went disappeared, mm -hmm. dis who disappeared and then was found out that it got killed by an animatronic and that William was at play. So like, 
it was leading to that. But point being, Vanessa is supposed to be his younger brother. Um, and she is also supposed to be dead. Um, oh. She was supposed to be killed as like a young girl. Um, it is canonically correct that Vanessa looked up to her father um, and loved his creations. Um, so that aspect that you were saying where she was like laying and on one of the, the animatronics and holding hands, that is canonically correct. She loved, she adored the animatronics. Um, she ended up getting killed by one that was made specifically for her because the, um, the, the, the processor in the, the animatronic that was supposed to be able to distinguish between his daughter and just another girl that they were supposed to lure and kill yeah. went haywire and it killed her. Um, so she was also supposed to be dead. Um, there were quite a few people in this movie that were supposed to be dead. <laughs> What's so interesting about their choices and the choices they made. And I think like going back to what you said, Steve, about like, it's so interesting that they made this much money in the theaters versus the fact that people could have stayed home and watched this is that this game is from as far back as seeing my kids my kids I worked with in school is so much of a community thing and like who wouldn't want to get together with all their friends who've been sitting at home alone playing this game and come and see it together like I definitely can understand that and it just talking about the lore and all of that and having those like ups and downs with it as a person who is higher in the age brackets it makes me think of like my passion for like Halloween and Scream and all of those that Halloween 3 was horrific it was a terrible movie and it should be ripped out of the lore forever and even Scream 4 Scream was one of my favorite movies, which the biggest jump scare for me in this movie was seeing how old Matthew Lillard is. <laughs> Scooby? And then, re- or and then realizing I'm not that much younger than him. I literally gasped out loud when I realized it was him. Because I'm like, no, 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 you were in Scream. You're like, you're in one of my like favorite genres, favorite movie series, and you are older now. Does that make me older? But having the the community out is not surprising to me because when you love these movies and you love these, like, after a while sequels as the games did, you, you want to be with other people that are just as excited as you are instead of watching it at home. Like, I could wait and watch the Eras Tour when it comes out on video, which it will, but I want to see it in the theater with other Taylor Swift fans. And you know, I and yell and do all that. Of course, and and you know what? There are franchises that I love that mm-hmm. I would be the same way. I would, you know, not necessarily dressing up or something, but I mean, you come out, you come out of it, and you have somebody who's not in that, and come away, and you're like, but this this story matters to me for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whether it's that you've played the games or whether whether there's something a character you connect with. If there's a franchise you love and they do it and it finally makes the jump to a screen or there's a new entry and you really, you know, you're passionate about it. And there's always that extra edge. That's why this entire time, that that's why this entire time, even though I've been like, um, this is for Screenfish, crapping on um, various aspects of, of their their lore choices for movies. And I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm going to watch it again, and probably more than just once. Despite the fact that wasn't really the main purpose of going to see the movie. Yeah. And for what it's worth, like, whether this movie is fantastic or not fantastic, or I thought it was like, you know could have been better could have done this the fact that people who are in older generations are going to see it that don't know about it like 
it's a smart move for the games because I can tell you I let a friend read my review and they're in their 40s and they're like yeah I went back and read about all of the games after I read your reviews the friend that I brought to the theater with me knew nothing about it and she's downloaded it onto her oculus and she's like you gotta come play it's so fun especially in the oculus and it's it's getting more people out there and it's bringing that love of the game back I bet you all of those people in that theater went home and replayed a couple of times at least I'm I'm not gonna lie I actually had the same thought I thought I'd I'd give it a try you know I've never been interested in it but I'd give it a try I wouldn't yeah. let kids play it but I I would you, do you it. couldn't handle it I probably could you could the game I could handle it as a game <laughs> yeah I can uh, it's a game. It's a lot scarier than the movie is. Maybe not on Oculus. I can hear Oculus. your shrill screams from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, be a fly on the wall for the day that Steven <laughs> plays Five Nights at Freddy. Challenge accepted. Um, you have to play it in the dark. You have to have all the lights. Oh, out. no. You have weird standards. But... <laughs> all right. I want, to, I want to talk about something related to this film that I thought was really interesting because there was something story-wise that I thought was fascinating. And I don't know how lore-related it is. I'm certainly, Riley, you can speak to that. But it was the idea of trauma and, its conne- and, and, the, and the mark that it leaves because I think there's a number of characters in this, not just the children that are killed in, in, the, in the robots, but there are a number of characters who, even after their death or disappearance, are still bearing the scars of that. And I thought that was a very interesting way to do it, almost like it continued to echo on. I was wondering what you thought of that. Riley can also speak to whether or not that's part of the canon as well. But um, I, I just thought that was an interesting idea. Was that canon? Um you okay (laughs) everybody stop talking like like yes there 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 is the aspect of that that type of trauma happening throughout the games uh because like i said in, in the games michael afton if that is who the character mike is supposed to be which i'm pretty sure he is like I said, his younger brother did get killed, um, and uh, he didn't know it was his dad for a long time, as far as I'm aware. Um, and yeah, there was. I, I'm I'm actually just reading through a fandom thing right now, but yeah, his his main goal was to find William, which was also happened in the movie as well. In terms of the fact, like he didn't know it was. It was it was William Afton, but his entire goal was like in life was to find the guy who took his his brother. So it like is canon, but it isn't. Mm. Those aspects. It's so interesting, like that was kind of almost like the best part and figuring that out and seeing it from the first part where he thinks that guy is kidnapping the kid in the mall it was like oh this kid this guy's either been kidnapped before or he's had drama with kidnapping but um I really and she was quiet she was reserved and she was with your like drawn into herself and I'm the the sister and I can see why because she probably had to be like that and disappeared in the family because of everyone's trauma in regards to not like not just the death of a child and a brother but the unknown you know what could I have done differently what could I have seen and this this hunger to go back and make it all right again and that you may have either caused it or not and the unknown of that I don't know if they ever said that they they never found him was the message that I kind of took away from that so having that kind of trauma and that lasting trauma And then having this younger sibling who you now have to look after when all you're doing is running to the past. um, You can see that it's it's generational, right? Like from him and then down his younger sibling and um, they're all, they're both handling it differently. She's keeping quiet and out of the way. And 
I didn't understand why she wasn't eating. I don't know if that was because she stopped eating when her parents died or if that was just her kind of like pay attention. Like I need you to notice this about me. But and that makes it really did speak a lot to what I've seen about people just wanting to go back and and see what they could have done to change it and losing out on what they have here, which is another aspect of generational trauma. But it was the good thing for me was that like he he was given an opportunity to stay there forever with his family or go back to his sister. And he he said he wanted to stay. But then the second that he made that decision, he knew it was the wrong one. And he knew he had to go back for his sister. But I like that they put it in there that they chose that he chose to stay with the family instinctually because a lot of people might do that. A lot of people would make that choice to go back and to to be with that family or that parent or sibling or child that you lost and stay with them and leave the ones who are there already behind. So in that respect, I thought they did well with it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, for a film that's all about running for killer robots, and again, I know there's all this backstory and lore, but I thought it was really interesting for them to handle this particular story this way. Like, mm-hmm. the scars they're experiencing echo throughout eternity to, out, you know, to really over overgrandize it but it seems like there's ripple effects right like even these even these kids you know they're appearing as ghosts and they are they're still dealing with whatever has happened to them and you could tell there were moments where the writing held back because they didn't they the pg-13 they didn't want to discuss it too much but they dropped those hints of like yeah this like the moment where they go he was a really bad man and, and it was sort of like, oh, okay. But even for him, like this idea of getting trapped in that himself and, and deliberately every night going there, like these taking medication so that he could continue to, to, to fix things in his mind. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was actually a very interesting way to handle it. Like, like I said, there were things about the film I thought were, were quite interesting. And that fact that he was missing what was right in front of him because his sister was interacting with those same children, but in a way that was like, they would run from him, but they took in his sister because she was one of them and she was drawing them for ages. And he, it took him almost losing her to realize she had known about this all along and had a different experience and had to help him see how what was going on yeah that was interesting with the sister and again i don't know if this is canon riley but the whole aspect of the sister having experiences of these ghosts beforehand yeah i which i was <laughs> okay from a writing perspective this is strictly from a writing perspective i thought they were going to do a whole thing where hey, I talked to these robots and he was going to say, I don't believe you because they'd established that she talks to all these ghosts. And she was like, I talked to these guys. They're my friends. They're right here. And I went, wow, you you let the air out of that balloon really quick. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Um, But no, like her, her interaction with them was interesting these kids i don't know whether they were see I, this is where i'm unclear were they trying to lure her because she was like them because she didn't go through what they went through or they were warning her or are they warning her or are they trying to protect her like i was not clear yeah on that i i i, I can't say for certain um because in, in the games there was never an aspect of a child oh there was never I... a sister no uh so an interesting thing, though, about what Kat said about how the 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 kids, the ghost kids, acted differently with um, the brother versus the sister. It's that aspect isn't canon, but there is a way that I am head canoning that I have attached it to the the actual lore canon. So in the first game the person who is like that you are playing as his name is michael schwartz uh and it is later revealed that it's actually michael afton the 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 son of william afton 
mm. guy you are. Yes. Um, and the reason that the animatronics are attacking you at night is because they thought that he was William. Um, oh. Which would explain why they ran. Which would explain why in the movie, if this guy, Mike, that we are viewing the like life of, because they never actually say his last name throughout the entirety of the movie. You can watch it over again if you want, but they never once say his last name. Interesting. So if this guy, Mike, is actually Michael Afton, who I'm pretty sure he is, then that would make sense as to why they were more hypothetically drawn towards this child. Um, this, and they didn't, this and... younger girl than the guy that in the actual games they were trying to kill because they thought it was the guy who was who had killed that. Interesting. And and if I'm right in this film, didn't they say like his dad was gone or something like that? Like wasn't his mom with a stepdad in this film? Uh yeah, something like that. I I was I wasn't really paying attention to his parents a lot, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I was like, are they dead? I can't remember. But uh yeah, so that that's just an interesting aspect of the of the mm. ghost kids um and their interactions there. I don't really a hundred percent know about the interactions with the kid though. Um that's something that as far as I'm aware was never canon. Um but the aspect of the kids running from this guy that the entire movie I was pretty sure was Michael Afton was interesting to see. Mm. One thing that was interesting about the the aspect of Freddy being in that movie is how little Freddy was in that movie. Yeah. He was. Even at the end, okay, so they they stun him with the water. This is what I mean writing, right? You took out the main guy first. You know, in Die Hard, they don't take out the bit the big bad first. He's not. I know that he wasn't the big bad. William Atherton was the big bad, but he's the poster, and you knocked him out with another guy, yeah. and it was like they they like, they never even used his the his theme song. That is like, they didn't that credit song. Oh, that song is iconic throughout the games. It's in the credits though, isn't it? I saw everybody dancing to it during the credits. Well, was that, that was. I know they played the Living Tombstone during the the during the credits. Um, if they were dancing and singing, that is not Freddy's. It's not the Freddy theme. Oh, okay. But no, in the games, if Freddy in the first game, if Freddy gets too close to the security office, I'm pretty sure it's if the door is open to the security office and he's like standing outside. There's a track that plays every oh. single time. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 Like, there's this track that plays. Hmm. Um, they didn't use that at all. The only character theme that they used was Foxy's. Foxy was the only person, well, that's the only one that actually did any chasing at all. But see, this is, this is what I mean about writing issue, right? Like, it's fine to change things. You're always going to change things for, you're always going to change things for an adaptation. It's just, you have to things can never be everything that's been from book to film or game to film they've made changes fine but know what you're know why you're changing it like you can have a film where you're like okay well oh there's killer robots so we got to have killer robots mm. but there's some if if some like who i don't know who made the film i don't know who directed it but they there there are little things like this that they should have picked up on it's called Five Nights at Freddy's, and they wasted Freddy. I thought they wasted Freddy, and I'm not even, I have no skin in this game. Like, I want, I'm not invested, and I was mad for you. I was like, he's in this shockingly little. See, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I really kind of wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did. And I, I, I meant that. Like, I knew it wasn't for me, and I knew, and I knew with the fandom. I actually genuinely loved your review, Kat, because I'm like, that taps into this moment that I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew it was popular, and I knew it was going to be a big deal, but I didn't know. It's huge. I, I didn't know. Like, so I went in there, and I'm seeing all these people dressed up. I'm like really for yeah. this i'm actually curious about something give me a sec um, um 
Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted it to be, I wanted to come out of it and say, man, you won me over. You really yeah. did. And that's what I wanted too. I was like, you know what? This could be like really cool. And it could be like, like it's Gloomhouse. It's like yeah. all of this. And I'm like, Gloomhouse can be scary in the right moments. And this could be amazing. And I'm like, could this be like one of my new, like, oh, this is a really great scary movies, but. We're, we're starting to run out of time. But this has been great. I really appreciate you both. But we should screen it or skip it. Oh, yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. Screen it or skip it. Screen it. 100%. It was a really fun movie. If you're going to screen it, go with a young person who's really into the movies. Because the joy that you'll get watching them watch this movie. For real, though. Like... The joy that I got watching these young people really enjoy this movie was it it made it more fun for me. I would I normally go see it as I said in my review. If you know nothing about this movie and you know nothing about this franchise, you're not missing anything by skipping it. But if you have someone that loves this franchise, take them and go with them and kind of get an insight into what what they're interested in and it's I I you know what? I left respecting the fandom and now i want to play five nights at freddy's but so skip it unless you have a young person to translate it for i'm gonna echo that i'm gonna echo that that's how exactly how i felt <laughs> honestly it if you are a fan enjoy your moment go yes enjoy your moment and dress I'll- up have fun do it go and go and enjoy but you can skip it It, i mean i i saw it to try and understand it that's great but i mean do i think it's high cinema no i would like i would say i would see a second one i would hope it's better written that would be what i'm saying like there are so many things i think and with a higher rating I think you can do it well with a PG thirteen, but your writing can't no. Let we you learned down. from Suicide Squad we cannot do that. You but cannot Jurassic, take a fandom. And Jurassic make it PG-13. Park can pull it off. Anything can pull. I mean, like not every one of them did, but Jurassic Park never faltered because it was PG. It was just because it was bad writing. Ooh, that's what I thought. Anyone who from the fandom who wants Steve's home address, please contact. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, you know, honestly, enjoy your moment. I, I, I blessings. I'm thrilled. Um, I, I just, you know, it, it wasn't my moment, but I, you yeah. know, I did. There were things about I really liked. I told you these conversations about trauma. I thought were really interesting. Animatronics were good. Um, I just, I, you know, or screen it if you want to look cool. If you want to, yeah, look I mean, cool. I legitimately, legitimately, the next day, I had a meeting with a um a client who's in grade five at their school for lunch, and I sat down and I un- I unboxed our lunch together, and I was like, "Guess what I saw yesterday?" <laughs> You're like, "What?" And I'm like, Five Nights at Freddy's," and she was like, "I seem so bad." I'm like, "I know." That was your moment. I got credit. <laughs> Pat enjoyed her moment. Is the credibility? <laughs> She's like, "Was this what this happened? Did this happen? Did this happen?" And I'm like, "I don't know any of the names of the characters." <laughs> I was about to say, "Did you mention the fact that you pointed at the poster that was on screen before the movie started and went, so Riley, what are all of that?" <laughs> <laughs> I left that part out. What is cute little animals? (laughs) Well, they were pretty cute and cuddly in this film anyway. um, (laughs) Thank you to you both. This has been so much fun. And I've learned a lot. So I appreciate this. Uh, This is one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you, Riley. And uh, so Kat and I could learn. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, Uh, And for you at home, a reminder, you can find us wherever podcasts are available and you can like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can smash that subscribe button. 
where you will hear other fantastic conversations on Screenfish Radio and industries or and interviews with other industry professionals as well. Um, if you go to the podcast page at screenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which help uh, small group conversations to help you get the conversation started where you are about uh, about the film and and your fandom. Enjoy your moment. Um, so to you both, thank you once again. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. <laughs>